You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So um, we do have a lot of stats and grades and everything else that I want to go through. A couple thoughts. I'm not going to go super heavy with grades because at the end of the day, I think everybody's extremely happy with what happened in that game. And I think we all understand it was a hard-fought game, and that comes with positives and negatives. You win some, you lose some. And I just, I don't, this week in particular, want to get too muddied up in, um, you know, this guy was average, this guy was good, this guy was bad, whatever. I just, I I don't want to do that today. Beyond that, I I do want to make one other comment, though, because it, it dawned on me as I was looking at it, and I was surprised by the... The at least from PFF's standpoint, again, I have not gone back and looked at it, obviously, and I probably won't, although we'll talk about that in a second. It dawned on me, what what was the question, and I ask a lot of questions, but what was one of the questions I asked prior to this game? What was one of my biggest complaints? It's, It's the fact that this team has all the talent in the world, and yet sometimes they still struggle, and yet fans kind of complain about, well, we need like one more defensive tackle line. And my whole thing is it shouldn't have to be that way. There are other teams who don't have elite players. There are other teams who have guys that don't show up, but yet they still find a way to win. That's important. And if this is true, and again, take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to say about PFF, fine. There's almost a positive in this. And the positive is a lot of things went wrong. A lot of the offensive linemen, Yashin in particular, got spanked a little bit by guys like Bosa. But you know what? The Packers found a way to win, whether it be scheme or execution by other players or whatever the case may be. The point is, we don't have to have elite-level players at every level of the game and have every single player play at an elite level on every single game, otherwise we lose. That's nonsense. That's not how football is. That's not how football should be. So as much as there's there's some shock and surprise and a little um, consternation, I suppose, even on my part, um, that was one thought that I had about this whole situation. And um, I think it's a good thing. And it really just goes to the character of what this game was. It wasn't pretty, but it wasn't supposed to be. The Packers need to stop either, you know, winning pretty and losing ugly. There's got to be some win uglies. And this was a this was a bit of a win. And it's not to say everybody was, again, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and some of these guys, they were just on point. But the point is, the game in general was ugly. Not everything was perfect. The referees, the the location, you know, some guys not playing up to par, whatever the case may be, there, there are all these obstacles in the way, right? Momentum drastically shifts in the wrong direction. You got to be able to pull through some of those. And that's exactly what they did. Before we get into that, though, um, 
And I'll admit, I have not worked my way all the way through all of these um, interviews or um, whatever you call it, the press conferences, but um, I did get through a couple of them. And I just want to play this for you because this is one of my favorite moments um, of any press conference that I've heard. I don't really know why. I think it just goes to character type stuff and, and really just now some new appreciation for Yash Nyman. But uh, it's Devontae Adams just talking about, about him and, and the offensive line in general. But I'm just going to play it all the way through. It's uh, about a minute. So here you go. What did you see from the offensive line today, especially with the injuries that you guys have had coming into today's game? Proud of those boys. Really, really proud of those boys. Um, you know, Yash hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities you know, especially against teams like that, for him to have to be kind of thrusted into that position. Really proud of him. He's, he's I mean, I love that dude. Um, when we went, when we switched sides of the field in the fourth quarter, he's walking by me and I'm just turning everybody up. I'm going crazy. And he looks at me, he goes, man, it's just a blessing to play with you guys. I really, I really enjoy this. And I'm just like, <laughs> it kind of just slowed me down for a second. And I just got real appreciative for having a teammate like that. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. He reminds me a little bit of Aaron Jones from a, personality standpoint because early in Aaron's career he would do something and be come back to the huddle I'd be screaming let's go do I need that from you every time let's go he'd be yes sir and I'm like Aaron you don't have to call me sir in the middle of the game but um Josh yeah Josh is a, is, a, is a hell of a football player and great heart just a great teammate all around I'm proud of what they did up there I just love that thought I'd share that with you but um all right let's go ahead and get into this um look at the game in particular, we'll kind of zoom out and look at the uh, the landscape of the uh, the NFL and how, where the Packers stack up. First of all, look, looking at offensive grades, um, there were only three guys, but the top three guys were MVS, uh, who was third, Aaron Rodgers was second, Devontae Adams was number one. Uh, he did have an elite grade, and yes, because I just can't help myself without jumping ahead a little bit, he is the number one wide receiver in football right now as far as his PFF grade. So, even with a slow start to the season and what happened with the Saints and everything else, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still clawing his way back. I think he's like 20th because of how bad that week one was, um, even with a good week this week. But, um, you know, he'll he'll slowly work his way back, but Devontae's already on top. He's ahead of every wide receiver in football, so absolutely incredible. Looking at the, uh, the offensive line and blocking, um, we did not have any offensive linemen that graded out positively in terms of 70 or higher as a pass blocker. Um, we did have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon that graded out positively as run blocking. Um, again, no offensive linemen in the seventies. We had plenty of sixties, but none in the seventies. The only one with a positive run blocking grade was Marquez Valdez Scantling, who was killing it off the edge. Um, and again, I, I, I don't super care about it. Even when, uh, you know, Devante and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys, he praises on guys like Yash Nyman and, um, what they've, what they were able to do. Um, it's not about he beat the crap out of Bosa. Nobody's saying that. It's just the fact that he rose to the occasion and he did what he had to do. And he, he wasn't a liability. He didn't go out there and just get annihilated and uh, cause this whole thing to be lost. He, he, with almost no opportunities, no snaps, no, um, whatever, you know, he's, he's never really had this kind of, of time and he's asked to rise to a massive occasion and he just did it. Um, looking at the statistics, uh, the only sack given up was given up by Royce Newman. Royce was the lowest graded um, offensive lineman, unfortunately, 40s for run blocking and pass blocking. Um, zero hits given up on Aaron Rodgers. There were five additional hurries. Two of them were given up by Josh Myers. Two of them given up by John Runyon. One of them given up by Robert Tunyon. 
That's a grand total of six pressures, two by Josh Myers, two by John Runyon, one by Tunyon, and one by uh, Newman. So the other way to look at this is um, apparently Yash was credited with zero pressures. Billy Turner also zero pressures. So zero pressures given up by any of our tackles. The two biggest guys that I was most worried about were Yash and Billy Turner, and they gave up zero pressures in this game. Scheme or not, that's pretty awesome. Um, as far as Aaron Rodgers, and I think I mentioned this yesterday when they, they kind of uh, went over some of this stuff, but he had five big-time throws in this game. Um, he only had 33 attempts in the game, five big-time throws. 13.9% of his passes were considered big-time throws. He had zero turnover-worthy plays, which is just incredible. Um, his adjusted completion percentage was 77.4%. And again, his time to throw, which we already knew because of some of the insights yesterday, but 2.04, which is really just incredible. The other kind of cool thing about yesterday, and it's kind of a small sample size because he was very rarely pressured, but even while under pressure, so he had, he had an 83 overall grade was his, his or no, that, that was his, what was his grade? I think it was something like that. I don't know. Let me go back and look at it real quick. Uh, 82 overall grade. But he had an 83 overall grade while kept clean. He had a 71.5 overall grade while he was under pressure. Under pressure, he was, it was only five of his dropbacks. But four attempts, three completions for 31 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, one big-time throw. There was no problem. Even when he was under pressure, he kept his cool and he played through it. So um, that's absolutely incredible. Looking at the running backs, uh, both of them, again, average grades. Kind of went over some of the basic statistics. But uh, yards per carry after contact, A.J. Dillon 2.5, Aaron Jones 2.53, about the same. But Aaron Jones actually led... In terms of missed tackles forced, A.J. Dillon didn't, wasn't credited with any. Aaron Jones had five of them. That's a lot. Uh, Aaron had three, plus, uh, three carries of 10 or more yards. A.J. had zero. Aaron Jones completed four first downs. A.J. Dillon got us one. Elusiveness grades, A.J. Dillon zero because he didn't force any missed tackles or anything. Aaron Jones with a 60.2. Looking at our receivers, uh, again, Randall Cobb, mostly a slot guy, 80% in the slot. After that, uh, Robert Tunyon, 48%. Alan Lazard, 43%. Devontae, 42%. They kind of mentioned that quite a bit on the telecast, how much uh, time he's been spending in the slot. He's always been dominant in the slot. It's one of those situations where he is legitimately maybe the best, well, legitimately maybe. I mean, come on, of course he is. But even before he was like the number one wide receiver in football, he was one of the better slot guys in football. When he went into the slot, he was unstoppable. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, we don't want to take him off the boundary. He's our number one guy. We don't want to hide him in the slot. But um, they started to up that usage, and it's really working to his advantage. Uh, Josiah was about 31%, MVS 22%. Um, that was about it. Yards per route run, which is always a fun stat when you got a guy like Devontae Adams on the field. Yards per route run, 4.13. Every single time that guy ran a route. And you want to know why? why? Why target him all the time? Because every time he runs a route, he's getting over four yards per carry, which is to say if they just threw the ball at him every single time, on average, we're getting first downs every time you throw to him. MVS was 2.46, Alan Lazard 2.21. All of these are very, very high. Generally, you're under one. Because, I mean, just think how often before you're even targeted. I mean, depending on the guy. I mean, A.J. Dillon was 0.89, Aaron Jones 0.7, Josiah was 0.36, Tunyon 0.25. Longest receptions, uh, we knew about uh, MVS 47 yards. Alan Lazard also had his 42-yarder. The uh, one lone drop in the game was by Devontae Adams. It was a kind of an off-target pass, but um, still very catchable. Contested catches, by the way, um, 
Devontae Adams, three opportunities. He only caught one of them. They had one guy with a missed tackle forced. That was Robert Tunyon. First downs, Devontae Adams had nine first downs. It's crazy because there's a lot of wide receivers who they're not even going to catch nine passes. In fact, a lot of wide receivers are not even going to get nine targets. He had nine first downs. (laughs) MBS had two first downs. Alan Lazard had one. Uh, Aaron Jones had one. Passer rating, MVS had a 156.3, Lazard 118.8, Adams 106.7, and down from there it goes. On average, 120.5, which would be Aaron Rodgers' passer rating. Kicking over to the defense again, uh, quite a few more positives, but also a lot more low lows. Uh, I think there was only one guy below a 50 on offense. There are one, two, three, four, five of them below a 50 on the defense. But on the positive side, uh, basically seven guys that graded out 70 or above Darnell Savage was a 69.1. We'll call that a 70. Uh, Devondre Campbell, TJ Slayton, Oren Burks, Jair Alexander, Tyler Lancaster, and Chris Barnes in reverse order um, from worst to best, I guess, were the other six guys. Uh, Once again, I want to highlight right off the bat, there were six official guys with a 70 overall grade or higher. Three of them, once again, linebackers. Uh, Devondre Campbell, Oren Burks, and Chris Barnes. Chris Barnes, by the way, the number one highest graded uh, player on on our defense. Last week was basically the same thing. Our second highest graded player was Campbell. Fourth highest graded player was Burks. Sixth highest graded player was Chris Barnes. So I believe those are the same three guys, right? Barnes, Burks, and Campbell. So both of those, all three of those guys have been in the 70s the last two weeks in a row and have been the top six, five to six guys on our defense for two weeks in a row. What was it week one? Just out of curiosity. Um, Oren Burks was the fifth highest. So, um, Devondre wasn't quite, but Oren Burks has been in the top like five, three weeks in a row now, just throwing that out there. Again, I, we talked about it a little bit in the preseason. It's so weird to see linebackers doing so well and everybody's kind of high on Campbell, which is fine because Campbell's doing great. But I think the assumption is, man, they really hit a home run by grabbing him in free agency. I think we hit a home run with, well, maybe overstating it, but regardless of, of how good this defense is overall, the reason our linebackers are doing so well is the change of scheme. It's it's Joe Barry and, and the different style of doing things. And I'm not complaining, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody. It's just the fact of the matter that um, a lot of... Oren Burks, again, was one of the worst linebackers in football for several years. All of a sudden, he's a top linebacker in football. Um, as far as run defense, we had four guys that graded out high, uh, Jair, Chris Barnes, Tyler Lancaster, Preston Smith. Tackling was a little bit lower. We actually dropped a couple spots in the overall rankings. We're down to third now, shucks. Um, but still, several guys did a great job. Garvin, Burks, Stokes, Barnes, Alexander, and Devondre. Pass rush guys that graded out pretty high. Um, we'll go with Gary, Amos, Burks, Slayton, and Clark. Again, these are all in kind of reverse order. And then coverage, we'll say Burke, Savage, Campbell, and Jair was number one with an 82 overall coverage grade. Going through these statistics here, pressures, there were 22 pressures against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Again, in reverse order, Dean Lowry had one, he had a hit. Tyler Lancaster had a hurry. Jair had a hurry mixed in there. He only had, uh, actually had zero pass rush attempts. It was funny, Kevin King had the same thing. Zero attempts and a pressure because it wasn't meant to be a pressure, it just kind of turned into one. T.J. Slayton had one pressure, and it was a sack, so got to love that. Oren Burks had two pressures on two attempts, which is obviously incredible. Two, two, two times he tried to get to the quarterback, he ended up with a sack and a hurry. 
Uh, Jonathan Garvin on 13 attempts had two pressures, which, you know, two pressures doesn't sound impressive, but on 13 attempts, that's fantastic. Uh, He ended up with a sack and a hit. Preston Smith on 38 attempts had four pressures, which is just above 10%. It's fine, again, especially considering a guy who's been so dominant as a run defender. The fact that he's still at about 10, 11-ish percent, I'm completely fine with that. He ended up with a sack, two hits, and a hurry. Rashawn Gary had four pressures on 34 attempts, so 11.8%. He had a sack, a hit, and two hurries. And then the man of the hour, the man of the season so far, Kenny Clark, uh, six pressures on 42 attempts, which is 14.3%. He didn't have any sacks, but he had a hit and five hurries in this game. Absolutely dominant. Just across the board as as a team, the fact that everybody stepped up. And I, like I said, that was the one thing that was kind of missing is we had like two guys that could get to the the, the quarterback and they just kind of alternated. And so when one guy gets there and nobody else does their job, the quarterback can evade. When everybody's just kind of beaten up on that offensive line, things change, and you don't have as many places to run. And there were a couple sacks that probably didn't need to be, but quarterbacks start to panic. You know, they, they tuck the ball, they keep their eyes down, they're not looking downfield, and they kind of fight through, and then they realize, oh, I'm not down, and then they start to pick up their eyes, and that's when somebody else comes through. But, you know, again, you just you, you wreak havoc and you cause panic. Um, did have a big pile of missed tackles. We had 10 of them in this game. Big reason Kenny Clark was not... Um, graded higher despite the fact that he had a really good pass rush grade. Um, so he had a 26 overall tackling grade. He missed two tackles in the game. Uh, on top of that, Preston missed one. Adrian missed one. Uh, Ty Summers missed two. Darnell Savage missed two. And Chandon missed two. Looking at coverage um, of the guys that were sorting it by targets, Adrian was targeted twice. One was caught for 12 yards, but it was a touchdown. So that kind of sucks a little bit. But otherwise, nothing. Uh, Darnell Savage was targeted four times. Three of them were caught for 30 yards, no touchdowns, and a pass breakup. Ty Summers was targeted five times. All five were caught for 39 yards. Eric Stokes was targeted five times. Two of them were caught for 16 yards. Again, I don't care about the grades uh, or the anything else. I know the penalties kind of hurt him, but I'm... <laughs> I can't be mad about five targets, two receptions, and 22 yards in an entire game. I just I can't uh, find a way to do that. Shannon Sullivan was targeted six times. Five of them were caught for 87 yards. He gave up uh, the most for any single person, but again, he had a tough assignment. And the one non-caught was a pass breakup, so that's great to see. Jair was targeted seven times, second most of anybody. Uh, four of them were caught for 43 yards. He did give up the one touchdown, but he also had one pick and one pass breakup on uh, on the day. And Devondre Campbell was targeted the most eight times. Five of them were caught for only 24 yards. Eight times they tried to pick on him, and they only got 24 yards out of it. No touchdowns, no interceptions, no pass breakups. So I just just a great... I mean, there's, there's nothing here I'm looking at and going, that guy was trash, man. There just isn't. I mean, um, you know, Ty Summers, kind of rough, right? Five for five. Um, tackling, he had uh, two missed tackles, and he was only out there for run defense eight different times. Uh, 20, 20 plays, so one in, one in every 10, he missed a tackle. That's not good, right? Chandon, you know, but again, it's a tough assignment, so you're not too mad about it. I just, I mean, there's really nobody that I'm super mad at here. Um, Looking at special teams, we had two guys that graded out really well. Obviously, it's Oren Burks and Devondre Campbell, because why wouldn't it be? Um, Guys that didn't grade out well, there's only one below a 50, and that's Alan Lazard, and I mean, I don't really care. I don't, don't, I mean, that's not why he's on the team, so (laughs) shucks, what's he going to lose his job as a special teamer? Um, kicking grades. I mentioned how pretty much everybody 
gets like a 60 every single time unless you do something super special. Corey Bajorca has got a 69.4 overall grade, basically a 70. Mason Crosby had an 82 overall grade. So, you know, we can we get upset about uh, special teams, and obviously there was that one bad thing that happened, but um, this was a heck of a day, man. Mason Crosby, 3-for-3 three for, three for extra points, 3-for-3 three three on field goals, as I said, made, made one in the 30-yard range and two in the 50-yard range. Corey Bajorquez, three punts, 164 yards, 54.7 average, 47 yards net, 63 yards was his longest, booted one inside the 20, um, two of them were returned for 23 yards, kicked one out of bounds, 4.74 was the hang time, so... I just again, it was it was it was the fact that everybody stepped up and and listen, when we lose, it's because a whole bunch of guys don't show up, right? I can't explain it. I don't know why it happens, but there's a bunch of there's just a lack of energy, and you're you're missing offensive line, you're missing pass rush, you're missing this, you're missing that. This was a game the Packers were destined to lose, but everybody stepped up, from the punter to the kicker to the offensive lineman to the safeties to the corners to the quarterback to the wide receivers to the running backs. Every single phase, every single player, every single whatever found a way to contribute, found a way to help. Even Chandler, well, he kept getting picked out. Yeah, and he had that one pretty big pass breakup, didn't he? Even when you got a real tough assignment and maybe you're not quite up to it, you still did enough. So very exciting. Uh, We'll take a break right about here. Come back and again, kind of look at uh, more of a zoomed out look at this stuff, I guess. I did have a bit of a thought. I was going to do it today, and it's probably it's one of those things I'm probably just not going to have time for, but I am curious about it because when I looked at some of this stuff, I wanted to go back and kind of grade just a player. Not everybody because that's too much for me, but I wanted to go back and look at Kenny in particular because he didn't grade out all that well. Again, most of it was tackling. They said he did find a pass rush and everything, but even his run defense grade was low. And I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know, I don't know how PFF does things, but I was trying to think, how would I do it? What would be my criteria for wanting to grade? Um, what, what, I mean, how do you quantify what is good, what is bad? How good is, you know, how good was that and how bad was that? You know, is it a, is it a half a point, a full point, two points, ten points? How do, how do you quantify these things? But the one thing that, that kind of hung in my, in my mind about Kenny is, how I struggled on, about whether I was really excited or really upset about some of these plays where he just knocked the offensive lineman into next year, blew up the play, the running back, you know, he had the running back in his grasp and then he missed the tackle and then somebody else tackled him. So overall, the play was a success. Overall, the play was a success, success largely because Kenny Clark blew it up and gave the defense time to get there, but he also did fail a little bit, right? That I mean, the tackle would have been massive and instead of losing five yards on the play, he ended up maybe gaining a yard or two. I'm kind of making that up off of my off the top of my head from what I kind of remember, but it's just it's one of those things. I just want to see it for myself. I want to be able to go back and go, yeah, you know, he didn't actually do that well. He's getting blown off the ball a ton, and I didn't really see that. And maybe that's okay. That's fair. I just want to see it and and be able to do it. And anyways, my thought was maybe once a week if I can find the time, which I can never guarantee. But if I, I wanted to do it today, but I was like, well, I have to do the podcast, so I don't know. But I can do private YouTube videos and then basically broadcast it to Patreon. I haven't done it before. I don't know how it would work, but that was a thought that I had. I don't want to do it just on YouTube or on Facebook because they will demonetize me and that's going to be problematic for me. But I think if it's private, if I'm not blasting it out there for everybody, I think it will be okay. Not positive, willing to risk it though. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of go through it, look at it, review it, and just see for ourselves what we thought and kind of give our own little scoring system. Just a thought. I don't know. But anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Let me check real quick on Patreon. Don't think we had anybody new. 
We don't. Once again, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you want to support the podcast, John Began, I don't know if I said thank you to you. I feel like I didn't for some reason, but John, thank you. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so right now, based on how everybody's graded out, and again, you got to remember, this isn't like a uh, a power ranking where you try to assess who the best teams are. This is what's happened so far. Um, the Green Bay Packers right now are graded 15th overall, uh, 15th ranked offense, uh, 18th ranked passing, well, grade, I guess, 7th ranked pass blocking unit, um, 14th ranked receiving unit, way down 27th rushing team, uh, run blocking 17th defense is 13th run defense 11th tackling is third pass rush. They've got, uh, where the heck is it? 20th coverage 14th and special teams. The Packers are 25th. So that's not super shocking, but again, this, this isn't, this isn't PFF's assessment of who who's most likely to win the Super Bowl. This is looking at the last three games. The Saints game is included in that and saying, what have you done so far? Again, Rodgers has got a little bit of climbing to do as far as his overall grade, uh, 23rd overall, um, behind in yards, behind in touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's climbing, but he's got a little bit of a ways to go. However, big-time throws, he's already kind of up there. Um, in terms of actual big-time throws, he's tied for fourth with eight of them. Um, big-time throw percentage, 
He's uh, sixth at 18, 8.2% of his passes coming in at big-time throws. Um, Kyler Murray is number one with 9.5. Average depth of target, Aaron Rodgers is tied for fifth with 9.6. And he has the 10th quickest time to throw so far with 2.54 average time to throw. He is also 11th right now in terms of passer rating 102.9, which again, considering how bad week one was and... Um, you know, week two being good, not great. Um, the fact that he's over 100 passer rating right now is um, it's pretty impressive. Just hope that whatever happened in uh, week three continues for the rest of the season. That's all I know. Looking at the receivers once again, Devontae Adams already number one. There's only two wide receivers right now that are graded in the 90s, Christian Kirk and Devontae Adams. And again, I don't really expect Christian Kirk to stay at that level necessarily. Christian Kirk is a solid wide receiver. He's actually had three really good games in a row, so maybe it's just the connection between he and um, and uh, Kyler Murray that is just working. Um, his lowest grade so far this season is an 80.3, but I mean, his last two years, he's graded 62 and 62, and all of a sudden, he's a 90.5, but anyways, things are working quite well for Christian Kirk, but I, you know, again, is he going to sustain that and be an actual threat? Um, I'm guessing not. And then after that, you've got 89.2 Cooper Cup and 87 Mike Williams and 83 Colin Johnson. And I don't even think Colin Johnson's going to stay that high. So again, it drops off dramatically. Um, the next person, I mean, who's like Minnesota? Where, where are they at? Minnesota, you've got uh, Justin Jefferson is 16th right now. He was, he was the guy kind of competing and he's already, he's already got a little bit of his work, a little bit of work cut out for him. But uh, right now, Devontae Adams is tied for fourth in yards, 309 yards through three games. Yards per route run, I mentioned how impressive that is, but he is uh, fifth overall in the NFL right now, 3.43 yards per route run. The guy in second place is 3.86, just to give you an idea. Deshaun Jackson, because he only catches 50-yard bombs, is uh, 5.42. He is also tied for fifth in how many first downs he's converted for his team. He has gotten 15. Um, nobody has more than 16 right now. Uh, Aaron Jones right now is ranked 16th overall. Again, no real super dominant rushing performances from any of our running backs so far, but I'm positive that's about to come. He, you, yeah, again, you could kind of see it. You see A.J. Dillon take smaller steps, and you saw Aaron Jones start to take some chunks in that game. So it's taking a little bit of time to rev up, but it's it's coming. The good news is, um, although he only has two rushing touchdowns, only has two, uh, nobody has more than three. So he's he's got plenty of time to get caught up and dominate the NFL in rushing touchdowns once again. Not that it matters because he's got more touchdowns than like everybody right now. Aaron Jones has uh, five total uh, touchdowns, which is um, tied with a few other people. The only people with six or more are quarterbacks. Looking at the offensive line, uh, we have... T- Assuming Elton Jenkins still, we're still talking about Elton Jenkins. Um, we have two top 20 tackles. Billy Turner is ranked 18th overall. Elton Jenkins is 9th overall. Don't expect him to fall off very much because he's not playing. Uh, looking at run blocking, again, both top 20, 17 and 20. Uh, looking at the guard position, the fifth highest graded pass blocking guard in football right now is John Runyon. So that's a thing. He's given up zero sacks, zero hits, and two hurries, uh, 94. 8.5 pass blocking efficiency for whatever that's worth, if you care. The sixth highest graded run blocking uh, offensive guard, which he's not playing all that much, but it's Lucas Patrick. John Runyon is ranked 27th in that category. And then we've got Mr. Josh Myers, who after a couple, you know, 
maybe not the greatest games in the world. He did drop from first place. He is now in ninth place, which is still um, obviously quite good. Uh, his pass blocking grade, however, he is fifth overall. So he's still dominating in pass blocking. It's just a matter of the run blocking wasn't super good. And, and even the pass blocking this last week didn't help his case very much. But still a fantastic football player, still learning, still growing. And again, it was a 49ers defensive line. Whereas some of these other offensive linemen maybe have not exactly gone up against the best of the best. Looking at overall defensive grades, uh, Kenny Clark is ranked 21st among all defensive tackles. Again, his uh, 61 run defense and 41 tackling grade is what's really killing him. Um, In terms of pass rush grade, though, he is ninth, so he is top 10 in that category. He is uh, third, tied with Deron Payne for the amount of pressures he's had this season. Only Cam Hayward and Aaron Donald have more pressures, and Cam Hayward is only one away. Aaron Donald probably isn't catchable with 19, but we'll see how that goes. But um, he's he's very close to second place. Which let's be honest, when you're talking about defensive tackle, you're it's a battle for second place. By the way, Cam Hayward is probably going to be passed. He had 12 pressures in week one. He had two in week two, and then one in week three. So he fired out of the gate with 12 pressures, and um, you know that's the reason his numbers are so high. Likewise, Deron Payne had three um, in weeks one and two, and then had 11 this past week. Um, Kenny Clark has been pretty consistent. In fact, it's been getting better every three, five, and six have been his numbers. So if he can just maintain playing this well, he's going he's gonna to dominate. Looking at our edge rushers, uh, Preston Smith right now is the 16th highest graded pass rusher in football. Rashawn Gary is down here at 45th, mostly again because of, well, coverage and run defense. But uh, Preston Smith is the third highest graded run defender off the edge. He has a basically a 90 overall grade, 89.2 through three weeks. Um, the only guys higher are Alex Highsmith in Pittsburgh and Demarcus Lawrence in Dallas, which is some, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is an absolute beast. If we look at pass rush uh, pressures, Rashawn Gary is tied for 17th with Hassan Reddick, 13 pressures in three games. Max Crosby somehow has freaking 25 pressures. Harold Landry has 20, so I don't know what's going on over there. Looking at uh, win percentage, Rashawn Gary is actually 10th right now, 24.3% of the time he's beating the guy in front of him, so that's pretty awesome. Again, obviously we'd like to see more sacks, but even if I go back and look at it, it's just one of the... This is why I don't like sacks as a stat, because it's so fluky. Um, So we've got Rashawn Gary down here, 13 pressures, one sack. Chandler Jones has 14 pressures and five sacks, right? But Cam Jordan has 15 pressures and zero sacks, as does Yannick Ngakwe. Um, Eric Armstead has 16 pressures and one sack. Romeo Okwara has 16 pressures and one sack. Harold Landry has 20 pressures and two sacks. Max Crosby has 25 pressures and two sacks. So, I mean, it's it's just a weird thing. Miles Garrett has six sacks on 16 pressures. Um, Hassan Reddick has six sacks on 13 pressures. So, I don't know, man. It'll happen when it happens, I guess. Among linebackers, this is where things get a little bit fun. If I get rid of the filters that talk about, you know, how much a person has played, um, and let's see, should there be a minimum? Let's just say 10 snaps, so you've played at least a couple. Um, If you do that, we have, where is it? Devondre Campbell is 12th, and Oren Burks is the 7th highest graded linebacker in football, which is just kind of crazy. If we do the normal filter, Burks goes away, but um, Devondre Campbell is the 10th highest graded linebacker in football. If we look at uh, run defense, Devondre Campbell is the 9th highest graded run defender in uh, among linebackers. 
He is also 14th in coverage, which is crazy because those are the two things you have to do. He's he's a top 10 run defender and a top 15 coverage linebacker right now. Chris Barnes, by the way, is also, he's not graded out super well. He must have had a bad game mixed in there somewhere. I don't know what happened. But he is 25th in coverage. Chris Barnes, also the fourth highest graded tackling linebacker in football. So little mix of everything from those guys. Devondre, by the way, and, and the only reason I bring this up because it's kind of a nothing stat, I mean, as far as like ranking or whatever, because there's only there's only three things you can be. There's first place, second place, and third place among interceptions among linebackers. But the reason it's cool is because, again, perspective. Only um, 11 linebackers have interceptions in the NFL. Devondre Campbell's one of them. Roquan Smith has a pick. Darius Leonard has a pick. Isaiah Simmons has a pick. I mean, th- these are guys you don't expect to hear Devondre Campbell listed with. Logan Wilson has three interceptions, which is ridiculous, but it's a reality. Looking at uh, NFL passer ratings, by the way, Devondre Campbell is ranked 18th with a 72.1 passer rating when targeted. Among corners, again, despite the slow start and whatnot, Jair is already ninth, kind of climbing up the ladder. And it's just, it's, it's the same group of just, with the exception of guys like Nate Hobbs, no idea who that is or how he got on this list and he won't be here long, and, and Tavon Campbell. I mean, it's Marshawn Lattimore, it's Casey Hayward, it's Jalen Ramsey, it's Xavier Howard, it's Chris Harris, you know, it's Carlton Davis and Dante Jackson and, uh, you know, the same group of guys that are just on top all the time. And guess who's back hanging out at the at the club? It's Jair, right? It's it's just good to see because you worry about flukiness. You know, guys like Casey have been at the top so many times. Jalen is always at the top. Xavier is at the top. I just wanted Jair to be among them, and, and he is. And this, again, this is with a, a, a low grade mixed in it against Detroit 59.9. Um, if it wasn't for that touchdown, I think he would have had a real big game, but obviously he gave up the touchdown and a couple receptions or whatever. But um, again, everybody's just, we're just kind of feeling this thing out. Every, nobody's, with the exception of maybe Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, I don't know if anybody's fully hit their stride yet, where it's just like, do that, maybe Kenny, because he's been kind of ridiculous. But y- you know, like Rashawn's got another gear in there somewhere. You know, Preston, as far as his run defense and stuff, maybe has peaked, and that's fine. Savage, like, he's he's he looked real good. I don't know if he's fully hit his stride. Amos obviously has not. Stokes, I'm sure, has got a gear in there somewhere. So it's it's kind of cool to see. Like, they're, they're kind of competing. They're getting there. He's climbing. And I don't even think we've seen anywhere near the best. And the other thing to, to note here is if you want to be one of the best, it's not just about breakout games, it's consistency. I mean, the, the fact that he's had two games in the 70s and is already the, a, a top nine guy is because a lot of these other guys, they just have bad games. You know what I mean? Um, Patrick Sertan had one good game, one average game, and one bad game. And he's considered a very good corner in the NFL. I'm not even disputing it. I'm just saying that it's hard to be consistently good. Uh, going through the rankings, uh, Jair is 24th in run defense among corners. Um, Jair is fourth in tackling among corners. Eric Stokes is uh, 34th. Again, Stokes is graded out low because he had a 51 overall grade in this game, which is annoying. And also he would have had a much higher grade last week if they wouldn't have had that touchdown. So he's kind of getting, kind of getting hurt by some stuff that isn't his fault, like a bad penalty and whatnot, but whatever. But uh, Eric Stokes, or excuse me, Jair Alexander, 10th right now overall in coverage. Eric Stokes is 45th with a 64.5. But again, um, looking at the statistics, 10 times he's been targeted, three receptions, three pass breakups, and the touchdown was not his fault. He's had as many pass breakups as he's had receptions. That's ridiculous. So 
grade schmades, the dude is playing very well. In fact, he is the second best corner right now behind Christian Fulton in reception percentage. In other words, how many times when this person is targeted do, does somebody actually catch the ball? But uh, interceptions, again, kind of a fleeting thing, but worth noting. Again, there's only there's only three options, two picks, one pick, or zero picks. Uh, there's only four corners with two, and obviously Jair is one of the guys that's got one. Pass breakups, Eric Stokes is tied for second place with three pass breakups. Byron Jones, William Jackson, Teron Johnson with four. So again, everybody's real close, just hovering in there. And as far as NFL passer rating, Jair and Stokes are kind of right next to each other, 26th and 28th. Um, Jair is 26th with a 69.6 passer rating when targeted. Eric Stokes, 72.9 passer rating when targeted. And again, the bigger issue here is the penalties, the fact that he's got two penalties, which is kind of stupid. It should be one. Safeties, again, these guys haven't fully hit their stride, but they're kind of next to each other. They're both climbing a little bit. Darnell Savage, 32nd. Adrian is 35th. Run defense, obviously, Adrian is the man. He's sixth overall. Um, Savage is not in the top 50, so I'm not going to go hunting for him. Uh, Amos is also 10th in tackling because that's kind of his his major forte there. Darnell Savage right now is ranked 17th in pass rush. Adrian is 26th. And then when we come to coverage, that's where Darnell Savage comes in, 20th overall so far. And again, he's getting better with every game. The, uh, the two touchdowns given up... Um, that's going to kind of weigh him down for quite a while. But again, he's he's really starting to pick it up. So far, Darnell Savage, seven targets, five receptions, 43 yards, two touchdowns, and a pass breakup. Adrian, nine targets, seven receptions, 49 yards, and also two touchdowns. Again, that, that Saints game is just it's weighing everything down a little bit. But there's a lot of season left and a lot of time for them to, to really step it up. And finally, kicking over to special teams, Mason Crosby is the fourth highest graded kicker right now, thanks especially to um, this last game. But eight for eight on extra points, four for four on field goals. Just, I mean, you can't really do too much better than that, aside from um, Graham Gano, three for three extra points, seven for seven on field goals. And of course, Justin Tucker with a 92.6 overall grade because he just nailed a 66-yard <laughs> field goal. Rightly so, he is the highest graded kicker right now. Um, and then punting again, Corey with a great week ended up is now the second highest graded punter in the NFL right now. Uh, let's see, yards per attempt, where is he at? He is ranked 11th with 48 overall net, which again, all these stats are kind of weird, but uh, he's sixth in net yards. As far as long, he's also climbed the ranks now that he got that 63 yarder. He's tied for eighth with 63 yards, obviously. Um he is tied for 11th with kicks inside the 20. And as far as average hang time, now he is up to second behind A.J. Cole for the Raiders. 4.55 average hang time. 4.59 is the guy in first place. So, um, again, everybody's just climbing. Bajorquez, he was, I don't know, like 10th-ish, and now he's, depending on the category, he's, 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 he's definitely top 10. Again, his overall grade is second. So, top five kicker, top five punter. Um couple good corners, safeties, linebackers, pass rushers, defensive tackles, uh, offensive lines pretty good, quarterbacks pretty good, wide receivers pretty good. This team's all right, man. <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Um, we're going to have to start turning our attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a bit of a catastrophe over there. Not to say they can't win, not to say they can't be a tough team. You know, it's, it could be a classic Packers trap game where they come in too confident and a good defensive line kind of beats them up. But um, they're having some issues, but we'll look at that uh, probably tomorrow a little bit or we'll look at something. I don't know. 
But anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.